Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been walking through the book of James under this title, Pressure Points. And what we've seen as we've looked at these chapters from James is that there are some struggles, some conflicts that happen as we live out our Christian lives. Last week, James talked to us about how speaking, talking about our faith, wasn't quite enough. And we also wanted to live out our faith. And now in chapter 3, James backs up a little bit and he says, well, let's talk a little bit about speech and what happens when we use our tongues. James wants us to grow in our faith and he wants us to see that we can use our tongues for a great purpose, but also avoid the difficulties that come in the pressure point of the use of our tongues thought about that today a little bit when I thought about being a child and going to the doctor. Do you remember these days when your parents took you to the doctor and the doctor got you in their office and said, I need you to stick out your tongue. Maybe they put a little depressor, tongue depressor on and everything. And you might have thought, well, why does the doctor need to look at my tongue? Or maybe you thought, is he looking to the back of my throat? Is he looking for other things? I bet you're not surprised to know that there was a good reason for that. Doctors can actually see quite a bit about a person's overall health simply by looking at their tongue. If the tongue is swollen, if it's off-colored, if it's got a strange texture, all of those things can tell a doctor that something might be wrong with the overall health of a person. It's like the tongue is a little snapshot of a person's well-being. Isn't that exactly what James is saying from a spiritual point of view today? That our tongues, what comes off our tongues, what we speak about, the way that we talk, all of those things might betray or highlight, I suppose we could say, the overall health of our souls, of our hearts. What comes out of our mouths is often a snapshot of what lives in our hearts. That's James' encouragement to you and me today to guard our words, to guard what we say, to use our tongues for a good purpose. And it's kind of amazing to think about that as we think about today the power of words from James chapter 3. First of all, James wants to remind us that our tongues can be used as a weapon. But then he wants to encourage us to see that our tongues can also be used as a great blessing for others. I want you to listen again to verses 9 and 10. We'll refer to some of the other verses in chapter 3 as we go throughout the text. But here's verses 9 and 10 of James chapter 3. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings we have been made in, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. It's kind of a strange expression, isn't it? Taming the tongue. When you think about all of the parts of the body that, that we try to discipline, the tongue is the one that seems to get away from us most of all. All the way back at the beginning of the book, or the letter of James, he, he's writing, he tells us to Christians, Jewish Christians who have been scattered throughout the empire. And what James is interested in is 
for those people to hold on to their faith and to not just hold on to it, but actually grow and reach maturity in that faith. And that's why James speaks the way that he does. He's speaking to Christian people, people who know what Christ has done for them. And now he says, let's be careful with the way that we speak. If there's one thing that can impede our spiritual maturity, it might be the tongue. It's so small. Most of your tongues, most people's tongues, are somewhere between three and three and a half inches long. They just kind of sit in your mouth. Sometimes they're a little slimy, you know, a little wet. Tongues maybe aren't the most fun parts of the body to think about. But they're so small, and yet they do so much. They're so powerful at the same time. I don't have to probably even tell you, we don't have to imagine the damage that a tongue can do because we've lived it. We know it. I guarantee every single person sitting here today, within a few seconds, could think about something that someone said to you that stung, that really hurt. We know the power of those words. You know what it's like to be on the receiving end of things that sting. Would it be as easy, maybe even easier, to think about something that we have said to others? Something that, that slipped off our tongue, something that we didn't even mean, that we spoke without thinking, that we knew landed a blow? Or maybe, maybe all of us can even think of a time where we did use our tongues as a weapon, where we knew what we were saying and we wanted to hurt the other person. You see, we know the power of the tongue, don't we? And I suppose we could even say that it's not just our speech. Our words carry power in written form, too. It's pretty easy, isn't it? To hide behind an electronic device and send words to people you maybe don't even know that are harmful, hurtful, that are meant to sting. Maybe we could just ask ourselves the question, how can something so small cause so much trouble? Do you love the way James illustrates his point? He actually uses three pretty easy to understand illustrations to demonstrate how, yes, even the tongue, though it is very small, can be such a powerful force in our lives. The first illustration that he gives is the bit attached to the bridle that guides a horse. I had to look this up because I wasn't sure. But the average horse weighs somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200 pounds. And yet, a tiny little bit placed in the mouth of that animal can control the entire animal. You can make a horse go one way or another, speed up or slow down, simply because that bit is in their mouth. Or how about the rudder of a ship? Have you seen some of the monstrous ships that are sailing in our oceans? The hunks of metal that they are and comparatively how small the rudder in the back of those ships are? Those rudders control the entire ship. And then just one little spark, James says, one little spark can set off a blaze, a forest fire. I think about people throwing away their live Christmas trees at this time of year, right? Because just a little spark can send those things up quickly and cause damage to an entire house. What's James' point? 
Isn't he demonstrating how something small can control something big? And that's exactly what can happen in our lives. That, that tongue that God has given us, that he wants us to use as a blessing, that tongue can be used as a weapon as well. James goes a little bit further. He says, no one can tame the tongue. I found this picture. The internet is great, isn't it? Found the picture of the lion tamer with his little, you know, stool trying to tame a tongue. And I thought, wow, that's about how hard it is, isn't it? That, that tongue can be like a wild creature, something that we can't really pull in, rein in. Aren't there times in your life that you can remember, like I can, that you just wish there was a rewind button because something came out of your mouth that you just wanted to take back instantly? You just wanted to reel it back in and pretend like it never happened? James goes so far as to say the tongue is a world of evil among the parts of the body. Then he goes even a little bit further. He says, it's kind of incredible that out of the same mouth, from the same tongue, two different things can come, both praise and cursing. James is focused on how we use our words to hurt others. And again, we know that sting. We know what it feels like to be harmed. We know the incredible damage that words can do to others. The same mouth, the same tongue, the same person can both praise and curse. And as we think about the destructive power of the tongue, James finally just says it's full of poison, deadly poison. I don't know how many of you today who came here are carrying hurt from something that someone said to you. Or how many of you can still think about words that you spoke to others and wonder, can God really forgive that too? And as we hear James really kind of blast away at how we misuse our tongues, it almost feels like we should kind of crawl into a little hole, doesn't it? But this is where God's mercy is highlighted all the more. You see, you know the idea that sticks and stones might break bones, but words can never hurt me. You know how false that idea is because we know that words hurt. And maybe you had parents or a mother who said to you what my mom said to me, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, right? That's pretty good advice. So easy to say, almost impossible to do, right? As we listen to James' words, do we almost throw up our hands and say, how? How can we control our tongues? How can we ever be forgiven for the things that we've said? How can we ever forgive others who have spoken things that have hurt us? And James would point us to one source, to our Savior, to the one whose words were always perfect in our place. You see, out of that same mouth that, that comes cursing can also come praise, and it's the reason every single one of you are sitting here today. Because someone in your life, maybe multiple people in your life, somewhere along the line, spoke words of praise to you. Told you about the Savior who loves you. Told you about the Jesus who took your place. Told you about the Son of God who came to this world to live and die for you. They spoke the word of God to you. Jesus. You know that's what John calls him in his gospel, right? The word the word of God, the word who made, was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's almost as if God 
metaphorically speaking, let the word Jesus come off his tongue, revealed him to you and me so that we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that every single one of our sins is forgiven and that our place in heaven with him is secure. That's what Jesus came to this earth to do. The word was made flesh to win for you salvation, forgiveness from your sins and eternal life with him. Consider this, how Jesus used his tongue when he lived on this earth. He held it when that was necessary. Think about how Jesus was being insulted as he was tried before the Sanhedrin and yet he would not open his mouth. Think of how Jesus used his tongue to pray to his heavenly Father, to praise God, to speak words of healing and comfort and love and blessing. And that's what Jesus wants to hear for you to hear today too. If you're suffering hurt from something that someone said to you, it's Jesus who can speak words of love and healing. It's Jesus who says, I, I redeemed you, you're mine. You have eternal life through me. And it's when we see what Jesus was willing to do as he took every insult that people not only gave to him, but every insult that any of us has ever given to another, it's Jesus who heaped those sins on his shoulders and went to the cross to pay for every single one of them. It's that love that Jesus has for you, that forgiveness that Jesus so freely offers you, it's that that wants, makes us want to use our tongues in a Christ-like ma manner. It's that that gives us the opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ in the way that we use our speech. It's not easy, but when we're connected to Jesus, when we see his love, then it will be our goal to not detract from the grace that we know that our Savior has poured out so richly on us, but instead to use our words to highlight what God has done both in our own lives and then for every single person. That's how God wants us to use our tongues, to offer the words of love and forgiveness that God has offered to us first. Listen to how the Apostle Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 32. He wrote this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Some takeaways from James chapter 3 today. Number one, the words that roll off our tongues often reveal what is in our hearts. Jesus himself said this, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we know to be on guard against those words. Number two, the word made flesh offers us words of forgiveness. You remember, right, what Jesus said on the cross? It is finished. That's God's guarantee to you that every single word that you've ever spoken, every single sin that you and I have ever committed, they're paid in full. And that gives us the opportunity and the willingness to forgive others who have hurt us as well. Finally, number three, we strive to make our speech a blessing to others as we reflect Jesus' love for us. Paul wrote this to the Thessalonians, Therefore, encourage one another and build each, build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Some of you might remember or know that I spent a little time on the West Coast. Our family was a pastor in Portland, Oregon for four-plus years. 
And I don't know how many times, but it had to be over 20. Over 20 times in my years there, I was asked this same question. Are you from Canada? <laughs> Do you know that we Midwesterners have an accent? You see, when you live among people that talk just like you, you don't recognize that you have an accent because you sound like everybody else. But when I was on the West Coast, people let me know repeatedly that I had an accent. At first, I thought it was because I was wearing flannel and carrying an axe around that they just thought I was Canadian, but that wasn't the case. It was my accent that gave me away. Wouldn't it be great if people heard our accent that highlighted the love of Jesus in the words that we say and the things that we do? We can speak with an accent too, not in the way that we form our words or the way they come off our tongues, but in making them filled with the love of Jesus for others. Can I give you a mission this week? How about this? At least once, every day this week, find someone that you can speak a word of kindness or love to. Find someone that you can demonstrate Christ's love for you as you use your tongue to be an encouragement to someone else. And then watch. Watch what God does in that, the life of that person and in your life too as he trains you to tame your tongues, reflecting the love that Jesus has and the forgiveness that he's given to us first. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.